It's good to be here. I feel a little bit, I feel that God wants to do more than I can say this morning. So I trust that you will be expectant to not like, hey, look, how entertaining will the preach be? But Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you, what are you doing with me? Where are you calling me to? Um, how many of you know that it takes God to serve God? You know, we, we, we cannot do what God calls us to do without the strength of God himself to enable us. Um, you know, we need God's provision, protection, we need his guidance, we need his wisdom, and it takes God to serve God. Sometimes we have nothing in ourselves but to lean on to God. And um, as believers, it's, I feel that this morning, where's justice? I just spent the week with ju- guys, well done. This morning was excellent. It was excellent. MP, well done. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just, hey, look, let's sing songs on Sunday. You, you created a space for God to be worshipped. And, and we're a church about the king and the kingdom. Uh, and I just, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and I, one of the things I'm trusting for this morning is that everyone here will be spirit-filled. That you will be filled to overflow where the gifts of the spirit are expressed through your lives. Not because we want to have some act of charisma, but because we want to be effective in growing the kingdom of God. You are imperfect people. I am absolutely complete. Anyone that knows me knows I am an imperfect person. But thank God he uses imperfect to bring about his perfect plan. So in our brokenness, God somehow puts it all together to do something beautiful and use us to expand the kingdom. But if you are sitting here and you are breathing, it means that God has life in you and he has a purpose for you. So I'm trusting this morning will ignite something in that. Um, we... we Want, we need to be spiritful people. And I say that because we, we otherwise, if we are not spiritful, then we reduce um, power to philosophy. And it's about knowing the right answers as opposed to living a powerful life that actually brings about change. So I, don't, I realize I might repeat myself a little bit, but I'm trusting, I really am trusting the Holy Spirit to do something this morning. When we are spiritful, there's an expression of the gifts of the Spirit. And this morning I'm going to be speaking about one of those gifts, and it's random because I was praying and just felt God say, preach on this particular gift. Um, And it's connected to prayer. Prayer is absolutely essential. The Bible doesn't say if you pray, when you pray. And we have a prayer meeting with just a few people on a Tuesday night. We pray before the service every Sunday. We pray on a Tuesday night uh, every week. And I can tell you that there's something powerful about those prayer meetings. I believe, personally... Many of you are sitting in the benefits of somebody else's sacrifice because they're getting up, they're getting out, they're coming and they're praying together and God is doing something through our community, through our lives because of somebody else's prayer. And you can be used by God to impact other people's lives. God's uh, presence is released through prayer. And I heard something Tyron said this week. He said, imagine instead of saying, Lord, we want more from you, we said, Lord, we want more of you. How many of us, if we're honest with our prayer at the moment, it's something from God? I need Lord, the Lord to come into my situation and help me with something. Imagine our prayer as a church was this, Lord, I want more of you. Um, no prayer, no presence. We want the presence of God. No prayer, no presence. No prayer, no producing of disciples. No prayer, no prophetic. No prayer, no protection. No prayer, no point. I feel there's a commissioning to the church during this season to pray like you've never prayed before. Pray without ceasing. Ask God to do something in you that will ignite an ability to pray 
that will not be exhausting, but it will be, you know, there'll be an enduring strength to overcome through the power of prayer. We, we, yes, we need stuff from God. But I think our primary go to be, Lord, I want more of you, not from you. So I just want to say, this is a commitment. Where's Charlotte? Where's Bricky and Charlotte? There's, there they are. Charlotte, I know this morning's different. You might think, Tim, where are you going? I, I don't know. The Holy Spirit will. I am prepared. Um, Charlotte, your dad taught me about prayer. And you preached an incredibly powerful message last week. Hugely impactful. Um, and for those that knew John King, an absolute prayer giant. And he was, I remember the one time we had a prayer meeting and it was a public holiday and we didn't have the prayer meeting. So he parked at the gate and he prayed for an hour. He changed this world. He changed this community through his power and prayer. And Charlotte, his daughter, stood up and preached with such authority and wisdom. It was an incredibly good message. And I think, why? Because she's living in the fruit of somebody else's prayers. Although I think, in essence, you kind of led your dad to the Lord. But he, 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 he caught up with everything and he prayed with endurance. And I see the fruit of that. Parents, pray for your children. Pray for your families. Let's trust God to break something open over our lives through the power of prayer. You have access to it. So, this is completely the longest intro to what I'm not preaching on. Prayer, I heard this this week, prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. In our absolute frailty and brokenness and insecurity and, and failure, we lean into the full power of God. And prayer just opens heaven over us and pulls out the presence of God over our situation, over our future. And we cannot see it. There's no evidence of what we're praying for. But as we trust God and persevere, the harvest comes our way. Please, church, pray now more than ever before. Um, so today, uh, I, I want to talk about one of the gifts connected to prayer and hopefully bring some clarity on it. And you might be like, oh no, this is kind of overly charismatic, but it's not. I want to preach today, which it's a teaching more than a preaching. So it's not, you know, I prefer to preach, but this is a necessary teaching and it's on the gift of tongues because I felt that was what we needed to hear this morning. So if you, um, I don't know what your view is on the gift of tongues, but let's try and trust God that together by the end of this, we have a very clear biblical view of what tongues is. Um, so if you have your Bibles here, turn with me to Acts 2. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. Let's pray. I know we prayed. Let's pray again. Lord, I thank you that we will be people that absolutely treasure your word. I thank you this morning that your word will come alive. I thank you, Lord, that as we read Scripture, Lord, we are drawn into your presence. We want to make much of Jesus. We want to make much of you, Lord. I pray that power will be released through your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that all of us will leave here thinking, Lord, I want more of you. Seek first the king and his kingdom. And all these other things will be added. But, Lord Jesus, may we be all about the king and the kingdom. I pray that as I read your word this morning, you will show us things we've never seen before bring life or reveal the life that exists in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so, Acts 2 says this, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, like us. Suddenly the sound of a blowing 
like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, not some of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Right? Prayer, prophecy, promise are connected to the presence of God. Through prayer we invite the presence of God, we embrace the presence of God, and prophecy and prayer come to life. There's something powerful that's going on here. Now when they were staying in Jerusalem, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. So those are tangible languages. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these people speaking Galileans? How then is it that... uh, is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, all those other places. Then <laughs> We hear them declaring the wonders of God. If you, like, I've skipped a bit. <laughs> We're in verse 11 now. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? So before we look at the question, what does this mean? We need to notice that when, when the Holy Spirit moved, the Holy Spirit touched all of them, right? And when the Holy Spirit touched them, they started to speak in tongues. Um, and this isn't the only place in Scripture that, that this happens. In Acts 10, years later, Pete, uh, Peter goes up north and he's preaching to the, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And as he's preaching to them, the outpouring of the Spirit happens in those places. Acts 10 says this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. As I'm preaching this message this morning, may the Holy Spirit rest on all of us. Not so that we can feel goosebumps, but so we can be properly empowered to take this message of the gospel beyond this hall. Right? Um, The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come to Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on Gentiles. There is absolutely no room for racism in the kingdom of God. Men and women, empowered, equal, filled with the Spirit. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Acts 19, are we, um, are we, if we're not recording, it's okay. Acts 19 verse 1 to 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road to Venteria and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they're believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 in all. So in the scripture, we read that as Paul was going out and preaching, and as Peter was preaching, they were preaching, and the Holy Spirit was resting on people, and those people were empowered by God, and they were speaking in tongues. There are 22 stories in the book of Acts alone about people coming to faith, but only three of them speak of the gift of tongues, right? So the gift of tongues is something that we need to recognize and understand, but it did happen when there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So speaking in tongues does happen, but it doesn't happen every time. And I hope to bring some clarity. Speaking in tongues is an absolutely beautiful gift of God. 
I speak in tongues all the time. I love the gift of tongues. And hopefully after this morning's message, you'll think, okay, Lord, I see what tongues is. And I hope to open my heart to, to understand that, you know. And, and, and if God wills, then God will bless you with that gift. So many people feel that when you bring up the, the gift of tongues, it's awkward or uncomfortable or it's silly or we don't understand it. It's a bit super spiritual, maybe even a bit scary. Maybe it's not even godly, so therefore we shy away from it. And what we do is we shy away from a very gift that God has given us that can empower us and be used to expand his kingdom. So we don't want a gift that God has made available to be lost because we have a lack of understanding or a skewed perspective or an unhealthy theology. Were you with me? Uh, I believe that right now, those that speak in tongues must... Not right now, just wait. (laughs) Um, That we should be speaking in tongues. Those that don't have the gift, ask God for the gift. Those that don't have the gift, relax. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we should be praying now because there's an urgency. I really believe it. And I'm not saying Jesus is, is, is coming back tomorrow. Because we all know it's Thursday. I'm just joking. I don't, know. I don't know the time. I don't know the day. I just know this, that we are called to pray. And I believe there's an onslaught of the enemy against the church, the people of the church, the community, the world. And if we pray, we will have the power to fight back. Otherwise, we're just going to sit around kind of waiting for things to change. We've been equipped. I'm digressing. So before we get into what the gift of tongues is and talk about it, I want to just get rid of three false teachings about the gift of tongues. Um, First false teaching. If you've heard these things, then maybe they've kind of skewed your perspective or your theology. If you don't speak in tongues, then you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a myth. It's nonsense. It's not true. And I'll say it from here. You can be an absolutely spiritful, powerful, effective witness of the kingdom of God. You can go out and change the world and never speak in tongues. So if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean you're not spirit-filled. You can be very spirit-filled and not speak in tongues. You know, it's not like there's this hierarchy of spirituality and those that speak in tongues are the, you know, they're in first class and everyone else is economy class because they're the super spiritual, you know, it's not like that. Number two, if you don't speak in tongues, then you are not saved. It's crazy to say this, but there are some spaces that believe that there's such an emphasis on the gifts that if you don't speak in tongues, you question your salvation. It's a myth. You can absolutely be saved, spirit-filled, not speak in tongues. On the other side of the spectrum, there's another false teaching that says this, speaking in tongues is not for today. Right? It's taught in Acts, Corinthians, Galatians, Mark, but it's not for today because now today we have the scriptures. The only problem with that particular philosophy or perspective is that it's not backed up by scripture. Right? So we have this amazing gift. So what does the New Testament say about the gift of tongues? Are you with me this morning? Or else we've got a... <laughs> Thank you, Justice. <laughs> okay, so what does the Bible say about speaking in tongues? To help us understand, we're going to look at, and um, there's a whole chapter in the Bible that talks about what tongues is and how to apply tongues and how to appropriate in the corporate setting. And it's in 1 Corinthians 14, but it talks about uh, tongues and prophecy. So before we look at that particular scripture, I want to just lay a quick foundation. Firstly, Paul is writing to the church about how to approach tongues in a, in a corporate setting. In other words, how do we handle tongues in the church? Right? Not necessarily, um, you know, there's, there's, you could be in the church this morning and you're praising in tongues. And you're in the prayer meeting and you're praying in tongues. And he's saying this, when you gather as a corporate setting, what is your approach to tongues? And he's talking to the uh, Corinthian church who were 
who were misappropriating the gifts of God and therefore they'd made the whole meeting about the gifts instead of about the giver of the gifts. On the other side, um, the gifts are the focusing... Uh, I'm sorry, on the one side, the gifts were the focus of the meeting. You know, if you go to a church within 10 seconds, oh no, they're super charismatic, you can hear them all speaking in tongues, tongues is a big thing. On the other side, they were exclu- there's an exclusion of the gift altogether. And Paul's saying this, I don't want you to make your church all about the gift, and I don't want you to neglect the gift. So what's the, what's the balance to a corporate setting? How do we understand this gift? And maybe this morning you're thinking, I've heard about tongues, but I don't speak in tongues, and I have no interest in you. May God stir your interest. Um, so the first foundation is Paul speaking to a corporate gathering. The second foundation is, or thing to understand, is it's a comparative scripture between, between tongues and prophecy. And Paul's saying this, the, the gift of tongues is great, wonderful gift, but I'd rather you prophesy. When it comes to a corporate setting, coming up with a prophetic word will probably be more effective than just praying in tongues, and we'll talk about that. So, are you all ready? 1 Corinthians 14. <laughs> I'm, 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 am I the only excited one about this thing? <laughs> uh, maybe it's just because it's more of a teaching than a preaching. I, I don't know. But I, I think, I believe God wants to reignite some of you. It's just become habit. God wants to say, no, no, there's life in me. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. So if we're walking in obedience there, I go, Lord, give me an eager desire for your gifts, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people but to God. Instead, one, uh, no one understands him. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So when you're speaking in tongues, you are uttering mysteries by the Spirit. The Greek word for tongues is the word gliosa. It's G-L-O-S-S-A with a little thingy above the O. It's gliosa, and it means a form of prayer or praise expressed to God in a language that we do not understand. Whether spiritual and angelic or a recognized language or both. It's a, rec- it's, it's a language that the speaker doesn't understand. Right? But those that may be near understand it or those that are in heaven understand it. N.T. Wright, who's this absolutely well-respected theologian, possibly the most respected theologian on earth today, he says this. Um, it's the gift of speech which through making sounds and using apparent or even actual languages somehow bypasses the speaker's conscious mind. My definition, it's a language activated by faith that bypasses cognitive restriction. In other words, it's a spiritual language where nothing gets in the way. What a gift. What an incredible gift. And there are many times that we struggle and we don't know how to express ourselves and we don't know how to process our feelings and we don't know how to even identify our feelings. And what happens is when we uh, speak in tongues, it's a way of just without the restriction of cognitive Roadblocks. we just express ourselves to God. Verse 3, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, this is the prophetic people, encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Scripture, Paul, not me. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I, w- but I would rather have you prophesy. So if there is a first class, we're going to prophecy. Um, uh, I have lost my place. Tongues uh, edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies 
is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be edified. So five lessons. I know it's a lot of information. Let God do what he will. Number one, if you're taking notes, these languages are not to God. I mean, not, they are to God and not to people. When you're praying in tongues, you are connecting with God. You're not tongues to somebody. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And scripture goes on to distinguish the difference between a public tongue and a private tongue. So a private tongue would be you walking on the beach or you in your space. Or even you might have heard people praying in tongues in the prayer meeting. Or during worship, somebody's praising and praising tongues. I regularly do. Praising in tongues, praying in tongues. And then there's a public tongue, which is when a tongue is brought to the church, which is addressed at the people. Right? So there's a different space for that kind of tongue. And we'll explain that. Uh, so point number one. The languages are to God and not to people. Number two, these languages don't make any sense. At least not to the speaker. Paul says this, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And in some circumstances, and this has happened, somebody's preaching in tongues and they're praying in tongues. And what happens is somebody else who speaks another language goes, I know what that person's saying because it's, they're speaking my language. So it could be a spiritual language and it could be another language that you didn't even realize you were speaking. Um, number three, these languages edify the speaker, but not the church. To edify is Bible talk, meaning build up. I don't know. I don't need to convince you. Life has a way of breaking us down. Life happens and we get broken and broken and broken. Tongues has a way of building us back up again. So if you didn't have any interest in the gift before, you're thinking I could do with some building up. Right? So spiritually, emotionally, maybe even physically, tongues edifies the one who speaks. So as I'm preaching and as I'm praising, as I'm praying in tongues, I am being built up in my spirit, in my faith, and I'm stronger than I was before because of this connection I have with God. And, 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 and people say, you know, tongues is kind of a selfish gift because it edifies itself. I do agree and I disagree because... I think that if I'm stronger, everyone else is benefiting from my strength. And vice versa. If you are stronger, then the people around you benefit from your strength. So if you speak in tongues and you are edified, then other people are benefiting from your strength. So it's still a gift that blesses others. Uh, number four. Prophecy has greater corporate value than tongues. And we have people, and you probably notice this in our church, they come up and they bring a word and they share something. Prophecy has greater corporate value than tongues. Verse five. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets that the church may be edified. So Paul's saying, guys, I'd love it if all of you speak in tongues. But that will be building up yourself. And if you gather in a corporate meeting and everyone's praying in tongues all the time, then what benefit is that to the church? How will that build the church? Right? So I could get up here and be like, you know, hmm. Speak in tongues for 45 minutes and you go, oh, that was amazing. He's so spiritual. I have no idea what he said and maybe he feels good about himself, but we benefited nothing. Right? Number five, ideally, everyone should speak in tongues. And I've cleared up the myths. If you don't speak in tongues and you never speak in tongues, you can be spirit-filled and filled with the power of God and effective at expanding the kingdom. But verse five says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. So we don't neglect the gift, we just don't make the whole meeting about the gift. 
I think some of you may have been in our church for a long time and you go, does this church speak in tongues? Yes, we recognize the gift. We just don't make the church about the gift. But at the same time, it would be nice to see somebody bring a tongue if that's what God puts on their heart and recognize that there's space for it. So if you bring a tongue, then there's someone who will bring an interpretation of that tongue and the church will be edified. Uh, So, verse 5, verse 6. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues... What good will I be to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. So if we had this guest speaker and they're like, oh guys, we just want to say we've got whatever pastor and he comes in here and he just spends 45 minutes, like I said, preaching in tongues. You're not going to think, I can't wait to bring a friend back next week. <laughs> it's like that, well, well done for him, you know, very cool. But what benefit is it to us? Verse 7, even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So in this illustration, Paul gives three things. Is there anybody um, that's just, I know we're filming. We are, we're filming. We are filming. We are filming. Hello to everyone online. Welcome. Um, it's probably Tuesday or Thursday whenever you're watching this. Um, First is music, and I'm pointing at Dale. I might call you up. I don't know much about music at all. Um, But I do know that if you play an instrument, you need a key, and then you need um, notes that go with that key, and then you need some sort of rhythm. So, Dale, come, come play something on the piano. Like, just play a nice little cool thing. Uh, you, you, you can do this, can't you? I'm like putting you on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that was good. That was really good. Now, that's what, that's what a town sounds like when you've got order to a service. When it's not all about the gift. Now play like I do. Go big. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Thank you. So Paul is saying this. If you all gather and speak in tongues with no order or interpretation, it sounds like me playing the piano. Just... It's noisy. It's not, you're not going to feel settled in rhythm. It's just making a noise. But if you have order to your service and then you include the gifts of the Spirit, including the gift of tongues, then what happens is there's order and it sounds like this beautiful melody. There's rhythm to it. The second is this. Paul compares tongues and, and the order of a corporate service to a trumpet. Back then, if you went into war, then what they would do is they'd have a trumpet blast. And if the trumpet blasts, then you knew, go left, go right, retreat, you know, advance, whatever it was. So the trumpet would kind of guide the army. 
And if we just get, get together and there's just tongues and there's disorder, then what happens is there's chaos and it becomes a danger to the people that we're leading. So we want order to the gifts. Um, so there's praying in tongues in the corporate setting. There's praying, there's praising. And then there's preaching in tongues. That would not be helpful. That would just be on the piano. Um, and I'm not saying that we can't pray in tongues and we can't... Um, I can't I can, I can stand here and demonstrate tongues. It's not what it's saying. It's not saying it's not allowed to be brought publicly. It's just saying don't make it the focal point of your meetings. But I would love it if every one of you could speak in tongues. Third is, is a foreign language. Paul compares it to a foreign Is there anyone in the room that speaks a language other than English, Afrikaans, or Zulu? I'm Robert. Won't you, grab, won't you give Robert the, the, the microphone? Robert, come stand here so people can see you. Oh, now we're probably off-center with them. Okay, German. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, now, just, just say something to the church in, in German. Um, was, that, was that all in German? I mean, just... just so, so, so how many of you felt... Deeply moved by what he said. <laughs> so, 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 what, what I mean, we, we got to have a great day part. That's like, um, what, what did you say to us? Amen. Amen. Thank you. So now, now he spoke in, a, in it wasn't a, a spiritual tongue, it was a, a tongue we understand. But if Robert came here next Sunday and he preached the sermon in German, we wouldn't be like, we would not at all be edified, right? Unless we understood what he was saying. So if we arrived and there's something like that and there's a, a word brought, there needs to be an interpretation of that word because that's what brought the life. We were like, ah, oh, I'm not deeply moved. And then when we hear what he said, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Right? Verse 13. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is un- unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Praise, um, prayer, and public tongues. Otherwise, verse 16. When you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer, say amen to that thanksgiving, since you do not know what they are saying. You are giving thanks well enough, but no one is being edified. If we bring a tongue to the church, then there needs to be an interpretation for the church. So if somebody comes up and bring, says in a tongue, speaks in tongues, then there will be a, someone comes up and they, they just speak tongues to God. Then it goes on to say, and we'll get there in a moment, that there needs to be two or three people that interpret that word so it brings order to the service. And we say, Lord, what are you saying to us through that tongue? And therefore we respond. It's often, you know, when, and, and we do experience that. And I've just went away to Joburg and there was a guy came forward, spoken tongues. 
uh, two or three people came up, and there was just such a breakthrough of what God was doing in that moment because of that tongue that was brought to a corporate setting. Uh, when we speak in tongues, our mind is unfruitful. So it's not like you're sitting there, you just, you, it's a, in a way, you're opening and saying, Lord, speak to me, speak through me, and I pray that you will, uh, as, as I'm doing this, my spirit's connecting to your spirit, and there's life that's coming my way. Uh, this is what we read in Acts 2, that the people were praying and praising, and people, other people were hearing God in their own language. You know, oh wow, that guy's speaking in Parthian. Um, there's lots of examples of this happening throughout history. So there's a public tongue, but it also says this in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. So we can speak human languages, but we can also speak in the tongue of angels. The point is that the speaker doesn't know what they're saying. They're praying in faith and they're connecting to God. Um, so, tongues is a for, form of prayer and praise. Verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. This is Paul's way of saying, grow up. <laughs> That's not to us because we are not... We're not leaning heavily into an expression of charisma, which is detracting from what God is doing here. Um, so in their minds, they're probably thinking, oh, no, Paul's not super spiritual because we speak in tongues so much. And then Paul comes along and he doesn't speak in tongues. And he's saying this, guys, I would rather arrive at your church and say five things that are five words that are intelligible than stand there and speak in tongues. For example, Jesus Christ forgives our sins. How many of you are working out, was that actually five words? Um, <laughs> repent and make Jesus Lord. 10,000 was a Greek expression for the highest number. I personally speak in tongues all the time, every day. It's a beautiful gift. There are times when I'm feeling absolutely spiritually or emotionally drained. And as I speak in tongues, I know that I'm connecting with God. It edifies the one who speaks. And I believe that there's people here that speak in tongues. You recognize the gift. You may even understand the gift. You just haven't been utilizing the gift. You spoke in tongues back when it was trending. As opposed to, thank you, Jesus, for this amazing gift. I want to speak in tongues all the time. Why? Because it's going to build me up. Um, so, and many of you might be in a place right now where you are tired. I know that Charlotte had the rest on her heart for our church. I believe that a lot of people need rest. Um, and, and I think that as we pray in tongues, it will strengthen us. Romans 8 verse 26. Am I, am I on my own here? Wow, guys, I'm, I have not seen a more serious, I don't, I'm not looking for applause. I, I just want to know that you're hearing what's being said. Like I, I just, it's, may God speak to you. Romans 8 verse 26. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. And we all know what that feels like. We know what the weakness feels like. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14, back to verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. If anyone, in, if, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three should speak. Um, sorry, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak. One at a time and someone must interpret. 
So when this does happen, you need an interpretation. And there's a big difference between a translation and an interpretation. And a, a translation is a direct word for word. An interpretation is getting a sense of what the Spirit's saying to you. Verse 28, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is being said. Down to verse 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. We don't want to make our church about the gift, but we also don't want to be a church that reduces the gift to something ungodly. Do not forbid the speaking of tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Why should you speak in tongues? It edifies the speaker. It builds our faith. It brings transformation. It's evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus encourages it. In Mark 16 verse 17, I don't think it's on the screen. Write it down. Go and look at it. Jesus encourages it. Paul encourages it. It connects us to God. It comforts, it comforts us. And scripture teaches us that it is right. So if you are in the room and you're thinking, I'd love the gift of tongues. Then um, sign up to our three-week number. No, um, <laughs> if you'd like the gift. The Bible doesn't exactly say this is what you need to do to, to, to speak in tongues. Like, you know, like there's a class you go to. I think as we teach and as we trust the Holy Spirit to move, I'm just going to give you some practical things to think about. First one is create space. Get alone with God and ask God. Lord, open my eyes to what tongues is. You tell me to eagerly desire the gifts. And if tongues is a gift that is a, a blessing to me and help me to be a blessing to others, Lord, if that's a gift you want for me, please can I have it? Get alone with God and trust God for the gift. Um, Number two, just step out and try it. I know, because I remember when I first spoke in tongues, my mind was like, you're making it up. You're being weird. You're being wacky. That's just super spiritual. It's not, except I could see the fruit of that relationship blossom. So you might think, I oh, know, it's a bit strange. Trust God. Take a step out and just start to pray. Number three, keep trusting i believe that all of us mature in all of our gifts and all of our ways so as we mature through life we mature through gifts so if you speak tongues now trust that your gift of tongues will mature as you get um, as you as you go on we are in a season where prayer warriors need to rise up where intercessors need to lean into god where the church should be praying our prayer meeting is not reserved there are certain people that come to our prayer meeting, every prayer meeting, and they never pray. Now they pray, but they, I never hear them praying. Yet they are constantly interceding on our behalf. Not asking for more from God, but asking for more of God. There are things you have gone through and are going through that, are, that God is carrying you through through the saints that are praying on your behalf. Clive? Um, I know that I, but I want to honor you for being a faithful man of prayer. Clark comes to all the meetings. He doesn't pray out loud. But he's deeply connected to God in a way that's very attractive. There are others that are faithful in prayer. So if you come to our prayer meeting, you're not going to be under pressure. And this is not, to, this is not me trying to sell a prayer meeting. This is trying to say, guys, there's a purpose in our gathering to pray. 
If you can make it, make it. If you can't, pray. If you're at home and you're disconnected, pray. Maybe you pray a lot. Pray more now. Maybe you think you're praying because you're worrying all the time. But you're not praying. You're just worrying. Start praying. We need to be a church on fire, drawing from the king for his kingdom. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 17? I think it is. Oops, I should have checked. I think it's, it's 1 Corinthians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. 1 Thessalonians, it says pray without ceasing. So I'm going to pray. Um, I know what some people are thinking. Tim, hold on. You need to prep all the leaders. You need to have people come up. They need to pray in tongues. If you are someone that would like to, if you, if you are part of the leadership team, can I ask that you make yourself available for anyone that wants to come up for prayer? If you would like prayer for anything at all, I encourage you to come up and we'd like to pray for you. If you would like to come up and, and you would like the gift of tongues, we're not going to stand there and force you to preach in tongues before you leave. We can, we can pray for you, and, and then you can go off on your own, but we can pray that God will express that gift through your life. I don't want us to miss an opportunity. Prayer is vital. It's important. And if you've got the gift of tongues or desire the gift of tongues, come up. And if you don't come up today, it doesn't mean, oh, no, I've missed my opportunity. If God wants you to have that gift, you will have that gift. But a gift doesn't necessarily mean that we embrace it or take it. God might be saying, it's yours. You can have it, but we don't touch it. We don't want to miss an opportunity. So can you stand together? And then we are going to, I'm going to pray over us. Holy Spirit, I pray that over our personal lives, over our church, over our community will come like a rushing wind. That tongues of fire will rest on all of us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that there will be a sensitivity to your presence to what you are doing. I thank you, Lord, that we will long for more of you, not just more from you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as I've preached on tongues this morning, it's not a gift that the pastor gives. It's a gift brought by your Spirit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that everyone in this room will be filled to overflowing with the expression of the gift of tongues. I thank you, Lord, if there's anyone here that desires the gift, they will receive the gift. I thank you, Lord, that anyone in the room that doesn't speak in tongues will not feel condemned or excluded but they will feel absolutely free because your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I thank you, Jesus, that everyone in this room will experience that freedom. I pray, Lord, for those that do speak in tongues, that that gift won't be just put on the mantelpiece and ignored, but it will be, it'll be utilized to its full potential. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will move now. I thank you for being in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you've on a busy long weekend where most people are away, I thank you, Lord, you still brought us to the space. I pray, Lord, that your word will come alive, that as we are spirit-filled, all of a sudden scripture isn't just a, a dry document that's old, but all of a sudden it's life-giving words from God himself. I thank you, Holy Spirit. There'll be a great outpouring. And your church now, Lord Jesus, will be armed and ready that the sleeping giant of the church will be woken up to pray with great authority and the enemy's strategy against your church and the individuals that make up your church, Lord, that it will be useless in Jesus' name because your people pray. Give us a passion for prayer, Lord. 
where we wake up praying, we pray throughout the day, we go to sleep, we pray. I thank you, Jesus, that one day when you take us to be with you, we will be talking to you and the conversation will continue from this realm into the next. Open our eyes, I pray, right now, Lord, to the power of prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Give us a sensitivity. Lord, I know the dam wall is about to break. May we ready the nets. May we prepare our hearts. May we run from the little sins that easily ensnare us. And may this be a season for the church to, to reveal your power. May we be a kingdom people. pray, Lord, that as we sound, as we wait, you will move in our hearts and our lives. So I want you to stay in this place of prayer. Just, 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 you just connect with God.